Welcome to Preach the Word Podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was brought to us by missionary John Roberts, August 22, 2021. The scripture reading is from Psalms chapter 16, and the sermon is entitled, Fullness of Joy. If you would like to stay up to date with our most recent episodes of the podcast, please subscribe. You can also share this episode with friends or family by tapping the share button. Be encouraged today that you can have joy restored in your heart, no matter what life throws your way. Thank you for listening. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to to the book of the Psalms. I'm going to uh, preach tonight for a few minutes, if I could, out of the 16th Psalm. Verse number 11, a real familiar uh, passage of Scripture. So, I just want to read one verse here, Psalm 16 and 11. Praise God. Thou wilt shew me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah, God. Would you ask the Lord one more time to help us tonight? Please, God, would you send your anointing down upon us tonight, God? Have your way. Work your will, I pray, God, in this service tonight. Lord, as you do your will in this place, God, touch souls. You know the need of each heart, mind, and soul. I pray, God, that you would bless, Lord, that you touch us tonight. Jesus' name. Amen. David said, Thou wilt shew me the path of life. You know, life takes lots of twists and turns and uh, brings things our way that, that sometimes we least expect. The path of life, you know, it's hard to know what's around the next curve, over the next hill. And uh, a lot of uh, folks are, are hurting tonight. A lot of people are suffering, amen, because of what life has brought their way, what they're facing in their life. David said, that will serve me the path of life. But I, I want to focus on the next part that he said, in thy presence <laughs> is fullness yeah. of joy. Lord. Fullness of joy. That's what I want to preach tonight about for a few minutes of the Lord uh, would be my helper here tonight. Fullness of joy. I believe that if there's ever been a time that we need joy, Amen. we need joy right now. All right. Amen. All right. Praise God. You know, uh, Peter echoed this verse again, repeated in Acts 2, 28. He said, Thou hast made me, thou, thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. When his face shines upon us, and in his presence there is fullness of joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why is it so important that we have joy? Why, what, what significance does that have in the life of the Christian? Well, Nehemiah 8 and 10, the latter part of the verse said, The joy of the Lord is your strength. All right. Amen. The devil, I believe, is trying to work real hard to steal the joy of the saints of God. Amen. Amen. Yes. The old song said, Why should children of God be sad? Hallelujah. The devil would like to steal the joy of every child of God because he realizes that that 
is our strength. That's what carries us in, in these times of trouble and in these times of, uh, of, of trial in our lives. It's the joy of the Lord that gives us the strength to be able to get up and face another day. To be able to get up and go on even in the midst of trouble. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people think that uh, these two words, happiness and joy, are, 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 are mean the same. But really, they, they, they really don't. Right. Happiness is something that, that's, that is an inward emotion that's affected by our outward circumstances. Right. Yeah. Things that are going on around yeah. us that affects the happiness of a person. But joy yeah. is a fruit of the Spirit. Right. right. Yes. Amen. Yes. Joy is something that doesn't just come because of sunshine or because you got a uh, a 16 ounce fillet sitting in front of you. Yeah. Amen. Uh -huh. Joy is from above. All right. It's a fruit. And a, a, it's a state and a condition of our heart with God. Amen. Yeah. That is not affected yeah. by outward circumstances. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And I, I sit in amazement uh, this week on Tuesday at Sister Trader's funeral. And you know, just just the heartbreak and the sadness of of, of losing someone at, like that, and under the circumstances, and, and and to see her her family sitting there. Of course, there was tears shed. Of course, they're 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 uh, grieving. Of course, their hearts are sad and in sorrow. Amen. But right in the middle of that, right in the middle of. I wondered why would God choose to take someone that seems to be doing such a work for him, uh, a grandma that went to, to be there to hold that new grandbaby that never got that opportunity. It's just those things that, that, that we in our human side can't uh, can really put our minds around or understand it all. And it brings us to a, a place of sorrow and grief. But yet I saw right in the middle of that service, I was sitting at, at an angle there with the palm bearers and, and was able to see the family as that service progressed. And of course tears were shed. Of course sadness and sorrow was in their heart. But yet in the middle of all that, I saw joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. I saw joy radiating from their lives because joy is something that comes from above. Hallelujah. Joy is something that only comes when His countenance is upon us. Amen. When His presence is, is, is in our lives. Amen. In thy presence, David said, His fullness of joy. The devil wants to steal your joy. The devil knows that if he can steal the joy of a child of God, then he's got a real good chance of taking them completely out of the house of God. That's the first thing he tries to do, is to take your joy and fulfillment in serving God. Hallelujah. So tonight I want to talk to you for just a few minutes on three thieves of joy. Amen. And the first one I want to talk to you tonight about is fear. Alright. Amen. Right. First John 4 and 18 said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Amen. Fear hath torment. That don't sound like anything from God, does no. it? That don't sound like anything that comes from above. Amen. No, fear is the work of the enemy. Fear is the work of Satan because fear hath 
torment. Amen. The devil would like to torment your mind with fear. Amen. So many people right now, I, I, told, I, I tell people I'm, I'm not good at beating around the bush. I'm not good at ignoring the elephant in the room. I usually just like to call it out. Amen. All right. All right. I just preach direct. That's all the way I know how to preach. Yeah. Man, but we're living in such a time where people are so fearful. Right. Amen. Yeah. With the pestilence that's in our land. Amen. Yeah. People living in fear. Amen. I have a friend in Panama, and he's a he's a Panamanian. That was a neighbor of ours. We have developed a friendship with him, kept it for, for quite a number of years. And he's a very educated man, uh, speaks perfect English, uh, best interpreter I ever met in my life. But just, just became close friends. They're about our age. And uh, when COVID all started, he he didn't he didn't believe it at all. He didn't he didn't think it was even you know a real deal at all at first. I think probably now he realizes you know it really isn't a sickness and things to come along. But he wasn't a bit afraid of. It. I mean you know no fear of it. And of course he uh, well just to be honest as I was pretty upset about a lot of the things the government was doing against us there. And uh, you know but and he 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 was pushing back against all that. And so you know he wasn't afraid of COVID. But when it came a long time, they started giving uh, the vaccines. Man, he, he started texting me. He said how scared he was of those vaccines. He was scared to death of the people who had been vaccinated. As a matter of fact, he, he forbid his wife from having any contact with her mom and daddy whatsoever because they were vaccinated. And he was looking for him a place up in the woods, in the mountains somewhere, to go to get as far away from everybody he could just to live off the land and live in isolation because these vaccinated people were going to kill him. And he was convinced of it. He, he would, didn't want to wear a mask when they were making us wear a mask for COVID, but, but when they started getting people vaccinated, he's putting that mask on in a hurry. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Fear hath tore me. All right. And you know what? The devil, he won't hit you with one thing, but he'll try something else on that Amen. To torment your mind. Amen. To cause you to do things that are irrational and unreasonable. Amen. Because of fear. Amen. And it will steal your joy. Hallelujah. Fear hath torment. But you know what? The, the enemy of fear is, is faith. Amen. Second Timothy 1 and 5, Paul said to his son of the Lord, what I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Verse number 7, he said, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love Preach. and of a sound yeah. What we need is faith in this hour. Amen. I know that it's uncertain times, and I know, you know, that God has given us all a certain amount of a healthy fear of, of you know, a fire and, and, and electricity and things like that that can harm us and things that can harm us. We ought to be using good sense about. I understand all that, but brother, the spirit of fear that the enemy wants to put on us is not of God in any way. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. God has given us, amen, a power and love and a sound mind. Man, if there's ever been a time that we needed a sound mind, we need a sound mind. Amen. Hallelujah. The fear that is in our land is trying to cause people to wreak havoc and steal the joy in our hearts. Yes. Brother, we've got to get a hold of faith. 
lot of us have fallen that. You know, Christian people today, probably on this Sunday, mm -hmm. there are many people in that country that went to church knowing that this could be what will end my life today. Mm -hmm. Making a choice to go to God's house that caused me to lose my life. Mm -hmm. Amen. I have a friend, I've met a man that uh, was, he was actually from India and he worked for a few years in Saudi Arabia. And he was a Christian man. He said while he worked in Saudi Arabia, there was extreme persecution. It's, it's been a few years now back. But he told me, he said uh, that, that the persecution was very, very severe there. But while he was there, he said we would rent a building to have church in. And when they would rent something, they'd have to go in and line the walls and everything that they could with as much sound barriers as possible so nobody would hear what was going on. But he said... We couldn't hardly get a building ready to have church in until it was too small. And we'd have to find something bigger and bigger because there was such a hunger for God. Wow. And knowing, he said that they knew that if they caught him, what they would do is catch him at the door and douse them with gasoline as they walked out the door and burn them right there on the spot. That was what they faced to go to church. And the buildings couldn't hold them. And wow. people come by. Brother and sister, in the midst of that, you think, I'd, I'd be afraid. I'd be I don't know. They recognize that his presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. There's something greater than the fear of losing my life. There's something greater than the fear, amen, of, of losing uh, my physical uh, well-being, brother. And that's to lose the joy of the Lord in my heart and recognize that that's greater than anything that, that the devil can bring against us is to have an experience with God and be in his Presence, amen, because of his presence, his fullness of joy. There's nothing that can bring that inner strength to you like the presence of God. Hallelujah. Fear is the number one thief of joy that I believe we're facing right now. Number two that I want to talk to you about is frustration. Uh -huh. I just tell you, all this stuff has happened. happened. That's been me, all right? <laughs> That's what the devil's trying to use most to steal my joy, frustration. 2020 started, we went back to Panama in February, you know, with all kinds of big ideas of what we were going to do, try to, you know, have plans to work for the Lord and do, do God's work and God's will. And just a few days later, man, it was all shut down, closed down. We had church as long as we could, way past when we, you know, were supposed to be doing it. And uh, finally came down to... Uh, one, of the, one of the last services we had, we had to have it be home by 7 o'clock. They start a 7 o'clock curfew. And so we uh, um, had a young man there just got saved, a young convert, and went to church that last night with us. And because he went to church with him, they fired him from his job the next day, lost his place to live. And uh, the, the authorities showed up after we left and said, you tell them the next time I have church that we're going to be here to to uh, take care of everyone, and I, I wouldn't have stopped for that reason alone, but the fact that all of, most of our people there at that church work on farms, and they live on farms, they live in the work camps on farms, and they, they were all forbidden to leave, so basically they couldn't leave to come to church, and they were threatening us for having church, so we were shut out. Amen. Had to stop for quite a while, and uh, restrictions got so bad in Panama, there was a, a good stretch, long stretch, somewhere around two months, that I could only leave the house for four hours a week. That's all I could go outside the house. Nobody could be out. You had to go out for two hours twice a week. That was it. To go out to try to get what little bit of groceries you could find, 
and uh, the lines at the stores were extremely long at that, and, and just letting a handful of people in at a time, and it was rough. <clears throat> Amen. Frustrations. Yeah. I, you know, Lord, we're trying to do something for you here. We're trying to work and, and not able to have church. Most of our people, you know, we couldn't do live services because very few of them have any kind of access. We, we started out trying to record services on audio because a lot of our people couldn't receive an audio message. And we sent out a message, you know, and, and with the ones that we could contact that way. But I'm telling you, it was frustrating to me to be stuck there, you know. First two weeks, we thought, man, we're going to be two weeks quarantine. We'll be off. But we just got busy and went to doing all kinds of work around the house and things that we were going to do when two weeks was up and, and we're stuck and it went rocked on and it rocked on. Amen. It began to get frustrating. Right. And here in, in this country, you know, they wouldn't even let people get out and mow the lawn. You couldn't cut the grass. You couldn't get outside your house. And and here our people, uh, a lot of the, the poor people, you know, make $10, $12 a day wages trying to feed a family and they couldn't leave their house. They'd give them five pounds of rice to feed a family for uh, for a month, you know, sometimes, and, and, and they're starving to death, can't leave, can't work, can't do anything, you know, of course, the whole time, the big, the big wigs, you know, they got their stores were open, they were still making their money, because that's the only place that could be open, you know, it was the big chains, the ones that control everything, bro, that's frustrating, all right, right, right. Now, amen, that's what I'm talking about now, I'm not trying to sell you a soft story, I'm just trying to tell you, there was frustration in our mind, in our heart, you know, after a few days, we're, we're not used to being trapped inside. We're not used to being, you know, uh, tied down like that. And so we uh, we lived at that time. We lived up on a big cliff. It's probably two or three feet, hundred feet up above town, and a uh, big cliff that went down to the river, and then town's on the other side. And uh, some of our little Sunday school boys at one of our works uh, had their mother taken them and moved them, and they told us that they were living down on the river, on our side of the river, down down river a little way. So we. We started hunting around. Thankfully, we lived in a in an area outside of town, kind of just a little bit more or less in the country. And so we started hunting around through the woods, found a trail that went down the side of that cliff. And uh, there was parts of it you had to pretty much go down on all fours. You couldn't hardly uh, just walk up and down. It was so steep, just winding back and forth there. One of those places where you stepped here, stepped on a tree there, and stepped the other foot over there, and the cliff was right down underneath you. And so we, we, we went down that little trail, down to a few little houses, just pieced together pieces of tin and plastic and boards and whatever you could find, you know. And these people just dug in the side of the mountain and built little houses just up above the, the level of the river, right there along, just living in little shacks. So we went down there and found the little boys went down and, and got to talking to the neighbors and said, well, would y'all like for us to have church? You know, we can't do anything else, so we'll come have church. So they said, well, sure. So Easter Sunday, we started our first service down on the side of that mountain, down by the river, preaching in front of those little shacks. God began to work in the families that were there. And they began, it was, it was it was several large families living there. God began to work. God began to save. Amen. And Jimmy was a man that lived on the end, a rough little place. I think they have eight or ten kids. And he came, came through services. About a third or fourth Sunday, I saw conviction on his heart. He didn't pray, but when I got ready to leave, he started to walk up the mountain and stop. So I want to talk to you. And he began to tell me his story. He was just a drunk, just spent his money on the weekends, blowed his money, drinking what little bit he made. Amen. His poor wife and kids trying to survive. But God got a hold of him, saved him. 
changed it. Hallelujah. Turned Jimmy's life around. Amen. I got I got a picture of that video of him singing in church this morning in town. Praise God. And found a place in the woods and strung up a tarp. Went down the other valley on the other side. I knew there was a shack over there. And there was a, 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 a dogs come out to greet us. Thankfully, we had an umbrella because it's always raining. Bad ball had an umbrella. That's probably one thing that kept us from getting bit by the dogs. When it got way up in there at the end of the trail, up in there, and there was a little shack up in there. And the man come out and called the dogs off of us. And uh, I said, started inviting him. So we're having church up here in the woods on a mountain. And, and uh, I want to invite you to come. And he said, I've just been praying that somebody would come by and talk to me about the Lord. I'm a backslid preacher. I've been to Bible school, worked in a mission before. But I'm away from God. Hallelujah. Sunday morning, he was in church. He would have got done prayer with the service that day. So next Sunday, I'm going to get right with God and repent. Amen. And sure enough, he did. Hallelujah. He's been a blessing. That little word helped us over here. He's, he's been one of the ones that helped carry that little work on new converts that are working for God. And right in the middle, right in the middle of my frustration, right in the middle, it seemed like everything going the wrong direction. Hallelujah. God began to reach down and save some people right around me, right my neighbors, really. Amen. God began to save folks. And out of that, out of that little work, we've got a whole new church that's been raised up. And they're going on for God. And just Yes. And I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Yes. Bring me to hear 
joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. David, when he recognized that he had been uh, uh, taken out of the presence of God, that he had, had, had by, by his own action had caused himself to be separated from God. He came back with an humble and a repentant heart. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me, Lord, with your blood. Cleanse me with that precious blood of Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, no, no. Hide not thy face from me. No, cast me not away from thy presence. Hallelujah. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Then he said, hallelujah, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Oh, brother, sister, there's times that we, even as Christians, need to, need to pray that prayer. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. When the enemy comes in, and because of what's happening in our life, begins to steal the joy in our heart. Brother, we need to recognize, I, I realize that at times, and I, I, you know, wait a minute, what's happened here? There's something going on. There's something missing. Amen. I don't feel that joy. I don't feel that, that overflowing uh, uh, presence coming out of my soul. And I'm having to go back and say, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, whether it's fear or whether it's frustration or failure tonight that would cause you to lose joy. I'd like to tell you, church, as I repeat that echo the words of Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. What you need to do is get back to that place in His presence. Whatever it takes, if it takes repentance, if it takes getting the faith back that you need, or whatever it is, but recognize that we as Christians cannot go on. We can't continue on without the joy of the Lord in our hearts. Wonderful. David said in the end, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted. Yeah. Oh, brother, sister, now that be the greatest a tool that we have to reach this world is the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. When they see that, when they see that in your life and in your character and in your attitude, immediately recognize there's something different about Amen. that person. Amen. Then will I teach transgressors thy way the sinners shall be converted unto the oh, church. We need the joy of the Lord in our We need to, to, to do as David said and restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Stand with me tonight if you would. Somebody come. However you want to do. I want to say this if I'm going to bring this to an altar tonight. When I was a little boy, I've told this different places before, but uh, like this illustration, but when I was a little boy, I think I was in kindergarten, <clears throat> President George H. Bush came to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that's rare. Presidents, even candidates, don't hardly go to Oklahoma because it's pretty much in the back state anyway. They don't have to worry about it, you know? So it was a big deal. The president came to our town. And I was in school, so they took us all on the school bus to see the president. <clears throat> 
And man, I remember very well, I was just a little boy, but I can still in my mind today see Air Force One parked. The ends of that hangar, that big hangar, the airport. And him come down off of those steps. Well, there was bands playing. There was a lot of excitement in the air. It was an exciting day. The president came to town. The most powerful man in the world at that moment. And we're going to be in the same building with this great man. I don't remember what he said. I was just a little boy. But I, I remember it being an exciting time in my life. But you know what? I lived there that day. Really, he didn't do anything for me. He didn't resolve any problems I had. He didn't take care of any needs that I had that day. I was in the same building with the most powerful man in the world that really didn't affect anything in my life. Do you know why? Because I was really never in his presence. We were in the same place, but I was never in his presence. When you're in the presence of someone, when you're close enough, you can reach out and touch it and have communion, feel the warmth in their body. Say, hey, would you help me? Praise God. All right. You know what, folks? Sometimes you come to church and you see the glory of God coming down around these altars and you, you witness the moving of His power and His Spirit. Amen. You might even feel the wind of the Holy Ghost where you're sitting. But too many times, amen, folks, don't go all the way into His presence. And in His presence is fullness of joy. Don't sit on the edges, amen. When He's here, when His presence is here, do whatever it takes. As that little woman did who pressed through the crowd, just if I can just touch the hem of His garment. Hallelujah. Whatever it takes to get in His presence, because that's where you're going to find what you need for your soul. Come tonight, if you will, let's pray. Would you come? Let's seek His presence for a little while. Lord, when he gets all over me, when I think about his goodness, I gotta take my liberty. 